listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Hey everybody, welcome to Earth Oddity Podcast. I'm John, this is Tiny. Hello. And we're here to talk into microphones together yes. in a room alone, like two adult men should do, right? That's well. That's what we do, and we're two adult men. That's right. And yeah. I only do things I should. So Deidre asked me today if I was coming to see my boyfriend. <laughs> you say yes. I said absolutely. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he just texted me about it, and we may plan to get together later on. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Well, it good. was uh, homecoming week for County High. All right. So. Yeah, I saw the pictures of yeah. your uh, your kids. Let me tell you something about boys. Your middle-aged son burying his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looking like a sparkly vampire. Hudson, Hudson is proud of his chest. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. His chest is the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he took McKenzie. Well, all right, first of all, boys are uh, not good at getting pictures for their mom. At all, you <laughs> know, shocking. Yeah, luckily Thomas's girlfriend, they all went and took pictures, and like somebody's mama brought a real camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, any pictures we have a Hudson, Deidre took one of them before they left the house to go to the dance, and then all the rest were just Hudson took while he was at the dance doing selfies and stuff. Right. But Hudson took Mackenzie, his girlfriend. So I was when I went to pick him up after the dance was over because of course Thomas was like. I can't bring him home, you know, like I don't want to be associated with a ninth grader, <laughs> even though they live at the same house oh and the dance gosh. ends at the same time. Dear goodness. Yeah. Are they like, is this one of these situations where they don't talk at school? Oh yeah. Well, Thomas and Hudson don't really get along that well. Period. Oh yeah. man, that stinks. Yeah. There's just a lot of, a lot of it's just neither one of them will be cool. I mean, that's all they got to do is be cool. <laughs> right. I've talked to them about it. And they're not cool. Right. Now, here, here's the thing. If I, Here's where I take comfort. They're not like uh, social friends, mm-hmm. but um, if it comes down to it and it's the longs against everybody else, they're on the same team. And that's all I really ask. That's all you can ask. An alliance. Right. Of yeah. convenience. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but they're a lot better than they were. Okay. And I was told one time a very wise man, when I found out we were pregnant with Hudson, he ate a roller poly all the time. He was in the back dining room. I was like, hey, man, I'm I'm having an, his name is Bob. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, I'm having another son. It's going to be awesome. He's like, oh, great. I got two sons. He's like, you'll find that when they're younger, they'll be far apart. But as they get older, they'll get closer together. Okay. And so I've always taken comfort in that. I don't know. You know, uh, my sibling experience was cut a little short. Yeah. yeah. Tragically. Thanks, Thanks God. Appreciate that one. That was goofing on you. Good job. And uh, so I don't know how it all works. So. Right. Anyways, uh, but so I went to pick Hudson up, and uh, when the dance is over with, he gets in the car, and we're pulling off, and I was like, how was the night? And he was like, spectacular. And I was like, that's good. It's like, did you get a little kiss? <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I got my first kiss because he had never kissed anybody. Oh, congratulations. I was like, great. He's like, I got my second, too. I was like, that's my boy. (laughs) So I was like, well, how did it go down? You know, like share the deets or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just guys being guys, right? And uh, 
He's like, man, I've practiced this line all day. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, we we danced for a little while, and then we kind of got on the outside of the dance floor. We were just hanging out. And I was like, uh, so Mackenzie, what do you want to do? And she was like, I don't know. And I said, well, why don't we kiss? And she said, okay. And I was like, all right, way <laughs> well, to go. Okay. We're like, look, you, don't be afraid to Straight ask. Straight to the point. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for the sale. That's good. You want to do that? <laughs> and then be able to close the deal. And then he was like, well, the second one didn't really go as well as the first because uh, we were dancing and it was like real bumpy. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it takes a little time to get your rhythm down. I get it. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, you can work all that out later on. So, and then when he got Thomas came home, you know, 15 minutes after we did, of course. And uh, so we were talking to him about it. And I was bragging on Hudson. He's like, man, I knew he was going to kiss her. He was like, he said he's been putting chapstick on all day. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted those baby soft right. lips. Yes. <laughs> so I was very proud of Hudson for doing that. And, uh, yeah, Thomas, I'm sure, kissed his girlfriend, but he's been kissing on her for a while. So. <laughs> right. It wasn't well, no special thing. He didn't have to practice a line. No. He went yesterday with her to her grandparents' house, like way over by the Georgia state line and spent all day with him. And I was like, that's big boyfriend territory. You moved in there <laughs> when you're going on like a three-hour road trip one way with your uh, potential in-laws or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's big-time boyfriend stuff that you're into. It's like, so just so you know. Getting pretty serious. This is getting serious whether you want it to be or not. Like, if you don't want it to be, you better start pulling back now because it's about to get there. Yellow alert. Yeah. But I think he likes Jesse. I like her, too. She okay, gives him cool. a hard time and, and tells him to treat his brother and sister well. So, Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, how was your week? Extremely busy. I heard you worked a ton. <laughs> 32 out of 48 hours you were working, right? Yeah, I worked uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday like normal. But I found out, well, I found out on Wednesday, actually, that uh, the way it works, there was two. There was a guy who was scheduled to be off on Friday. And then our guy who's usually the fill-in guy, he it was his birthday. And since birthday is considered a holiday, ah. there's no confliction there. So... Yeah, they were like, you know, hey, you know, we need somebody to work over right. on Friday. Well, then the guy who was scheduled to be off Friday, he just asked if he could have Thursday too. He was working three to eleven. Sure. And the boss, uh, he just said yes. Sure. Which good for him. Yeah. That he got he got two days off in a row. But then the fill in guy, the rules are he is supposed to have a week's notice um. in order to fill in for a shift. And he just flat out, no, I ain't working it. I'm working day shift that day. I ain't working three to eleven. So okay. they came. They asked me. They they said, "Hey, do you want to work over both? You know, Thursday and Friday." And then, uh, and then our other guy, he like never works overtime ever. Like, I mean, it's not like a rule, but you would think it was. Yeah, you know, he just never works overtime. I said, I tell you what, ask him. And then when he says no, I'll work a double. On Thursday, which would be like a over and end, which means you stay on overtime all day the next day. Okay. So yeah, I worked two sixteen hour shifts in a row. Wow. And uh and you got it's busy. <laughs> you got double time for not double time, but I stayed I stayed on time and half. Right. From 
three o'clock on Thursday until you, till I left at eleven o'clock on Friday. That's afternoon. pretty nice. <laughs> yes, that's pretty nice. I probably would have taken that deal too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a lot of time at work. Sure, but I'll be happy. Are you gonna buy like five check. or six Steam decks? <laughs> Man, I'm working on my patio. I've I got, know. I was about to say yesterday I was going to try to pour my slab, but I spent pretty much the entire day just moving it all down there. Wow. So I'm going to try to pour it tomorrow, maybe. Okay. Well, fun. Yeah. That sounds like an awesome time. <laughs> um, well, let me tell you about what stories I got this week. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about a truck accident. Um, catalytic converter theft. It's a big problem here in the South. And uh, two brothers, speaking of Thomas and Hudson, who haven't spoken to each other in 30 years. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a Georgia woman who found $543 in her sandwich. Okay. I'm going to talk about the world's first hover bike. Ooh. I mean, I've been waiting on these since I was seven. Sure. (laughs) But I wanted to start with this one. Our state, the state of Alabama. The great state of Alabama. Now they want to execute people using nitrogen hypoxia. Okay. So let's just dive right in. Yeah. Alabama told a federal judge that it could soon be ready to use a new untried execution method called nitrogen hypoxia to carry out a death sentence. The disclosure came Monday at a court hearing over inmate Alan Miller's request to block his scheduled September September 22nd execution by lethal injection. Miller maintains that prison staff lost paperwork that he returned in 2018 requesting nitrogen hypoxia which is an execution method that the state has authorized but so far has never used. Hmm. James Houts, a deputy state attorney general, says that the method could be available as soon as next week. He said, however, that a final decision on when to use the new method could be up to Corrections Commissioner John Hamm. Any kin? No, it might be. (laughs) The leader's uncle, John. (laughs) The Alabama Department of Corrections did not respond to an email seeking comment about the status of the proposed new execution method. Now, what is nitrogen hypoxia? That was going to be my question. Yes. Nitrogen hypoxia is a proposed execution method in which death would be caused by forcing the inmate to breathe only nitrogen, thereby depriving them of the oxygen needed to maintain bodily functions. It has never been used. No state has used nitrogen hypoxia to carry out a death sentence. In 2018, Alabama became the third state, along with Oklahoma and Mississippi, to authorize the untested use of nitrogen gas. However, lethal injection remains the state's primary execution method. Hmm. Nitrogen makes up 78% of the air inhaled by humans and is harmless when inhaled with oxygen. The theory behind the execution method is that changing the composition of the air to 100% nitrogen would cause the inmate to pass out and then die from lack of oxygen. And, I mean, you can't ask somebody, obviously, if it's ever been done. And Yeah. I mean, there's been people who have died from oxygen loss, but when someone dies, you can't ask them about the experience. Yeah, how'd it go? (laughs) Yes. But most people believe that it wouldn't be like being underwater, you know, where you're trying to get air and you can't, you would have air, you would be breathing fine. Right. You would just pass out just and, pass and die. Out. Yeah. Huh. Uh, anyway, it just, uh, as far as concerns here, says that some critics have likened the untested method to human experimentation. It is completely untested, said Robert Dunham, 
executive director of the Death Penalty Information Center. I didn't, know, what, we, didn't know we had one of those. I didn't either, but that's, that's what everybody was saying about the vaccines, and we were told to shut up. You know? <laughs> yeah. No state has publicly released a protocol describing how it would work. While proponents have theorized that it would be quick and painless, Dunham notes and and states once said the thing about the electric chair. So you're yeah. saying people used to say that about the electric chair. Is the electric chair cruel? Is that know. what they're trying to say? I think that's what he's saying. I mean, it sounds cruel. <laughs> the American Veterinary Medical Association's euthanasia guidelines say that inert gas hypoxia is acceptable under certain conditions. For the euthanasia of chickens, turkeys, and pigs, but is not recommended for other mammals such as rats. Oh, if it'll work on a pig, it'll work on us. <laughs> so, but uh, we all know, and obviously you are anti. I'm anti death penalty. Oh, liberal John over here. I'm nearly there myself. Okay. Um, I feel like I've talked you into it over the years. I will say, uh, our conversations definitely has played a part. I mean, I've I've always, you know, I've never been 100 percent on board. Right. Like, yes, we need to have it. Yes, you know, sure. I, I've always felt like it should be extremely rare. Yeah. But I feel like now, it like like now, I, I don't know. And again, this is just me. No one's asking Tiny. No. Right. No <laughs> one cares what you and I are. What? No one in charge <laughs> what cares. What the state should do. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like, even in cases where maybe you could argue that it was justified, I still don't know. Right. If it's something you should do, especially like if the family's against it, you yeah. know, like if the victims. But I mean, if the victims, if if they're up for it, yeah, then there's a small part of me that would thinks maybe it should at least be on the books as an option, well, assuming that there is incontrovertible evidence. I'm not talking about just eyewitness testimony. Right. I mean, videotape, whatever. Like it needs like DNA evidence. All there, sure. there needs to be like overwhelming evidence to like prove someone did it. Right before I think it should even be considered being used. Well, I've had uh, I've had this idea bouncing around in my head as a compromise for the death penalty and a way to help out um, a city in Alabama and overall the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. We take everyone. Well, first thing we do is we convert Legion Field into a gladiator prison. <laughs> Okay. Nobody's using Legion Field anymore. I feel like that could be done with relatively little sure, cost. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> All we really need to do is put a cage in there. That's what right? I say. You really just got to lock the bars that are already there. <laughs> well, you want to make it where spectators can get in because this gotcha. is where we're going to grow some revenue for the state. <laughs> and then everyone who is sentenced to death, you get to sent to Legion Field prison, and it's just nonstop warfare amongst inmates. Mm-hmm. And then they're killing each other, and then whoever ends, you know, whoever the last person is, then we nitrogen hypoxia that <laughs> person. I was expecting you to say that person gets to go free. No, you can't kill that many people. <laughs> we can't teach you to be a killer. Exactly. Let you out. It's just bare knuckles. People pay to come in. You could come in, whatever, buy an all-day pass, you know? <laughs> what would be the name of it? Uh, murder World? <laughs> Legion Field? I mean, you're pretty much right there in Murder World anyways. I am Legion Field. <laughs> <laughs> the football capital of the South. We'll X that out with the murder capital of the South. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you could helicopter they- <laughs> in, like, food for them. You don't, you know. 
We want to take care of our people. <laughs> what if they play football, but the football's covered in spikes? Okay, I like that idea. <laughs> that's cool. Every person gets one razor blade, and that's it. <laughs> right. You know, like we'll just give everybody one razor blade, and then whoever wins, wins. And then people can go pay, buy concessions. <laughs> You're getting your Meemaw, Ivy, you know, bobbleheads for the first <laughs> 20000 in the gates. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Just think about it, state of Alabama. Maybe right there at the main gate, we could have like this big giant monument to the victims. Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> we want to be sensitive. <laughs> I'm talking pay per view. You know, think about <laughs> yeah. all over the world, people be tuning in for this, like live streaming 24 7, pay per view. You can take bets. I think for the first year, it would be super popular. Yeah. But nobody would want you to know. Or no sure. one would want anyone to know that yeah. they watched it. Everyone, right. went, it's like when Donald Trump got elected. Everybody's like, "I didn't <laughs> yes. vote for him. I don't know how he got like elected." Nobody watches it, but then like the numbers is just like <laughs> through the roof. I'm telling you. And then like that second or third year, everyone's like, "Yeah, we watched this." <laughs> well, that's it. By that time, every other state's opening them up, and you're watering down a product, right? You know. But we could probably do it here because. Honestly, nobody pays attention to Alabama until something bad happens, you know. <laughs> or like, we're or we're trying to elect Roy Moore. <laughs> That's the only time anybody <laughs> in the world ever pays attention to us. Well, we I can think, get that going without anybody knowing. I don't know. I think converting Legion Field into a murder stadium <laughs> might get some national press. I don't know that murder. We don't want to use. We want to call it like gladiators or something, right? Like, hey, we already sentenced y'all to death, mm-hmm. so. Like y'all just work it out yourselves. <laughs> We're gonna save everybody some time. How about that? It's just it's a it's an Alabama reboot of American Gladiators. Sure. <laughs> we have prison guards shooting them with tennis ball cannons <laughs> while they're trying to fight. But this time it's for keeps. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I kind of like the tennis ball cannons. I mean, it just hurts them real good. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's gotta be funny. <laughs> okay, well let's uh anyways, that's my first wild idea of the day. <laughs> I'm sure I got some more. We could either do that or we could just do away with executions. Yeah, or that. That's <laughs> that's also a viable option. Yes. <laughs> um this is a story out of Ontario, uh, uh out of Ontario, Canada, as a Canadian sister. I'm bringing this to y'all. Brothers who haven't spoken in 30 years, both running for mayor of an Ontario town. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. Uh, up until the day before registration for the municipal elections closed, incumbent Bill Steele was running oppo- unopposed in Port Colborne. And then his brother signed up for the race, meaning there will be two Steels on the ballot when residents go to the polls. Excuse me. I believe in democracy, Charles Steele told CTV News Toronto. Now, Trudeau doesn't like him if he's going to be talking <laughs> like this. If I haven't, hadn't have run, my brother would have been acclaimed. What's going to be the future? You're going to just start appointing people. That's not democracy. Charles said he hadn't spoken to his brother in about 30 years and did not discuss his intention to run against him beforehand despite thinking about the decision for a few days prior to registration. I don't think he's happy about it, Charles added. Uh, Bill, who spent 17 years as a city councilor, 
uh, was first elected in 2018. He says that while he was surprised to see his brother's name on the list of certified candidates, he was always ready to fight for his seat. I mean, we were ready for a campaign, he told uh, News Toronto. No matter who the candidate is or would be against us, then that's going. That's who we're going to battle it out. Uh, in the last municipal election, Bill beat out three other competitors, earning 702 more votes than the runner-up. Uh, Bill says he hopes to continue the work he wished to accomplish that was put on hold by the pandemic, and this includes a focus on water and sewer rates. Let's get him down to Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> bringing more doctors to the region and expanding necessary infrastructure. I'm going to run on my record, Bill said. I don't sit on any fences, so I do take stance. Sometimes people agree with my stance, sometimes they don't. Charles doesn't agree and said his brother hasn't done much of anything during his time of office. (laughs) (laughs) He hopes to put a focus on affordable housing, cutting taxes, and reducing the number of homeless people on the streets. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be very difficult, but we should start saying what's impossible. We should start saying what's impossible. We got to make possible. He added that his brother treats taxpayers of Port Colburn like a piggy bank. (laughs) (laughs) I moved to Toronto when I was 18. I got a job with the post office. My brother, my father, handed him the insurance business. He said he doesn't know what it's like to live on a fixed income. it just goes on. They bicker back and forth a little bit. Uh, anyways, we've got two bros about to battle it out up in Canada. And they haven't spoken in 30 years. Haven't spoken in 30 years. That first debate's going to be electric. <laughs> wow. It's going to be like, Mama always liked you best. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're not getting the whole story here. And that's what you need to find out is why have y'all not spoken. Yeah. And maybe they're just I mean, not yeah, a family. Your, your, that, dad, your dad left your brother right. the insurance business. I right. imagine that. Stings a little if he didn't get nothing. Sure. And you had to go work at the post office. <laughs> yeah. But it, did he, I, it sounds like he just decided to run. I mean, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. But he says that he was going to run simply because his brother didn't have any challenges. Yeah, he believes in democracy. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is there should be a challenger for every office, I guess. That's what he think demo- thinks democracy is. Yeah. So... And one of them has been a politician for a while. And yeah. so he's running on his record. Yeah. And then, is. you know, just, I mean, this is straight from the playbook. Yeah. <laughs> if a guy's been a politician a while, you're going to say, well, he hadn't done nothing. He hadn't done anything. What's he done for you? Yeah, all he's doing is wasting your money. You're his piggy bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so. uh, that's how Trump got elected. <laughs> it is. Like, what have they done for y'all? Nothing. <laughs> Are you any better than you ever were? No. Then just take a shot on me. And then everybody was like, oh, I've had enough of that. <laughs> I don't think we want that anymore. <laughs> Let's go back to the other people. At least they tried to act like they weren't screwing us. <laughs> oh, mercy. Well, yeah, I guess I, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, yeah, it's not the funniest story other than I can just see It them. is odd. Well, I can just see them being like, I remember when you wrecked my bicycle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You never apologize for that. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff Thomas and Hudson get in arguments about. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like in, when I was in sixth grade, you took my favorite pencil, <laughs> didn't say anything about it. We're like, man, that ain't worth being mad about. So and so tripped me at lunch and made me spill my lunch yeah. tray all over the floor. And 
all you did was smile and look away. <laughs> right. You didn't stand up for me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, how about this? What do you think about hover bikes? I don't know. I know as much about hydrogen hypoxia <laughs> as I do about hover bikes. I believe the first time I ever saw a hover bike or something that kind of resembled a hover bike was in G.I. Joe. Okay. <laughs> didn't the Cobra Commander, didn't he have this little... Uh, you are right. It was like yeah. a jet ski that flew. Yes, He'd stand exactly up on it right. and fly it around. It's like a, a jet ski that flew. <laughs> Well, apparently there's one that is supposed to be making its U.S. debut uh, here pretty soon. It said, uh, is this the future of transportation? It's probably not. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) This is the world's first flying bike. The X-Turismo hover bike is capable of flying for 40 minutes, and it can reach speeds up to 62 miles an hour. Wow. Here's a quote. I feel like I'm literally 15 years old, and I just got out of Star Wars and jumped on their bike. I mean, it's awesome. You know, it was exhilarating. It's not vicious, right? It's comfortable. It's really comfortable taking off and landing. So there's no, like, jerky jerk. It's literally very, very smooth, and I can't wait for the future. I am so excited. Created by Japanese startups Airwinds, the bike is already for sale in Japan. A smaller version, which, I mean, if they're bringing a bike to America, they're probably going to need a larger version. you're going going the wrong way. Yes. I know you probably want to cut down on shipping costs. (laughs) The smaller version, that's going to be for like your Chinese markets, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to burn an engine out of that little bike real fast, trying to get us off the ground. But a smaller version is slated for U.S. release in 2023 with an estimated price tag. How much do you think a hover bike would cost? I'm going to go... 19 dollars nine, $9, Bob. I wish. <laughs> I would get two of them if it was that. <laughs> it's launching with an estimated price tag of $777,000. Wow. So I almost went like 20000 <laughs> thinking, surely it's not more than a, a brand new Kia Soul, you know? <laughs> it flies, though. <laughs> I know it flies, <laughs> but it's a bike, right? It looks like a motorcycle. Yeah. But instead of two wheels, it's got like four, what looks like drones. Yeah. Like four little copters. Okay. And uh, how does that cost $700,000? I wonder what the range on it is. Well, it says you get about 40 minutes of flight. Okay. <laughs> so about about the same as your drone sure. <laughs> that you buy. It's like a Tesla, you know. <laughs> 40 minutes, you can fly from here to Walmart. That's right. Hey, that's not bad. charge it up. Charge it up while you're shopping. <laughs> and come back. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> what if you see people, instead of using fatty carts at Walmart, they're, <laughs> they're on their hover bikes, hovering around with a little basket on the front, getting all their stuff. That'd, That'd be, be kind of awesome. cool. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that is the future that I want to see. I made a dude crack up yesterday with my fatty cart. Talk. He had never heard it called that either. And then he, I don't, I didn't really know him well, and so like he laughed. But then I felt self conscious, and I, so I was like, "Yeah, Hudson told me that joke." <laughs> I didn't come up. And with Hudson that. was like, "Uh, no, you've been calling that for a long time, Dad." <laughs> Just threw me right under the bus. 
<laughs> oh, Hudson, you're such a kidder. I was like, dude, man, you got to know when to get in on the lie. You know, <laughs> like, that's an important skill to learn. That's a funny joke, and I was giving you all the credit. Yeah, I was like, you have all the credit. <laughs> I was like, he thought it was funny. I didn't want him to think I was a horrible person because I'd already told him I knew Jacob Coleman. He knew him, too. <laughs> Of course, Jacob would tell him probably like, oh, yeah, John, he's he's an idiot. He's a real-life <laughs> idiot. We're all amazed he's an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've been promised flying cars, flying bikes. For forever, For a right? long time. Yeah. And it still hasn't happened yet. Why? Why, why not? <laughs> well, I think, I don't think, at least in the United States, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but. We don't have down driving regular cars well enough to add flight into the mix. <laughs> you know? Right. You got to speak. There's a lot of uh, potential bad things that could happen with flying cars. But what if a flying car could fly itself? Like a Tesla. We would still screw that up somehow. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Like driving a car and not getting in an accident is really easy. I'm 45, been mm-hmm. driving for 30 years, essentially. I've had one fender bender. It's somebody else's fault. They're being stupid, not me. That's it. You know, like, you're, just be cool when you're driving around. You won't get in an accident unless somebody else is doing something stupid. Right? Everybody knows that. <laughs> right. It's never your fault. It's always <laughs> the other person's fault. I just, I just think a lot of people are bad at driving. I see them every day. I ride by them on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just can't handle it. We can't handle the responsibility of flying cars. I Look, I don't know what the future holds, but and I'll be, I don't think it's going to be flying cars. No. Uh-uh. But I do think that self-driving cars are the future. That'll get there. And I also think that we're going to hear a whole lot of this. I don't trust that thing. Sure. And I'm, I'm not, not going to trust it to begin with. And I'm not. Well, I mean, I'll, I mean, there's going to be like an initial sure phase. Well, I don't want to be on the bleeding <laughs> edge of this technology. But I can see it getting to the point where it's like, well, you're an irresponsible driver if you if you drive manually. Oh yeah, because yeah. the computer has such a. Not to say there will never be mistakes. I'm sure there will be. Sure. But I would imagine that a machine, yeah, could probably. I mean, machines are better than us at almost everything. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But what are you going to do when them hackers get in there and take over everybody's cars? I guess you're just going to go wherever the hacker wants you to go. <laughs> well, they'll lock the doors, drive you to an ATM, make you withdraw money, drive you to their house, <laughs> make you give it to them, then drive you far away. And Isn't there already, and uh, look, this is just conspiracy theories, but I've already heard some stories about People who they think that uh, somebody hacked their car and like forced them to crash. I know you've oh, heard yeah. this before. I think maybe we talked about it on here. Did we? I don't know. But yeah, that would be mm-hmm. that would be my first excuse is yeah, and somebody hacked my car. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't those five margaritas I had. Or at someone lunch. someone hacked my whoever my my uncle's car. He, sure, he would not have been driving at one hundred <laughs> miles an hour and then just jerk the steering wheel into a tree. Sure, right. Because the CIA did it. This is CIA. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to be taking out politicians left and right with this. Yeah. You really cracked the code. That's why they want us credit, to go to self-driving. Credit to me. Yeah, credit to Tiny. <laughs> Conspiracy Tiny over here. Yeah, they're going to be killing everybody. You think Trump's going to make it to re-election driving a self-driving car? 
They wrapped that thing around a power pole. They already tried to get Tiger Woods. <laughs> he did too much. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Tiger Woods, by the way. I didn't like Tiger Woods until he got in trouble for cheating on his wife. <laughs> now you like him. Yeah. Because he was like, that made him human in right. a way. And I was like, I get it. And then everybody tried to vilify him. He does about make it. mistakes. Yeah. And you're like, well, it, none of, somebody's got a joke about it. Maybe Bill Burr is like, none of y'all know the pressure of being Tiger Woods and having every woman in the world wanting to sleep with you. Like I've you, heard that. I've you heard wouldn't that be bit. able to withstand the pressure when like every Hooters waitress in America wants to get in your pants. There's no way you could survive that. He's no better than us. Yeah. All right. Speaking of cars and accidents, uh, this story's a little sensitive, kids. Um, so... I would fast forward to the next one, but it just fits well here. I was going to save it for the last one, but since we're talking about cars. An avalanche of sex toys spill out onto highway after truck flips over. Okay. Wow. All right. A video, and there's a link in the show notes. Everybody check it out. A video of what appeared to be sex toys and tubes of lube spread across a freeway following a truck crash has That's, gone viral. That sounds dangerous. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine Turn trying out. to drive across? Talking about slippery when wet. <laughs> Dear goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. I bought the Bon Jovi album. I bought the cassette tape of Slippery When Wet for Brian Sweat when we were in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great present. I love music. Bon Jovi at the height of Bon Jovi powers, and his dad wouldn't let him listen to it because <laughs> he was rock and roll or whatever. Yeah. No. Saw him today at lunch. Uh, the incident took place on I-40 near Mustang on the outskirts of Oklahoma City. A box truck and a semi semi-truck collided, leaving the ladder overturned and some of its contents scattered over the road. Fortunately, nobody was injured, but authorities were forced to close several lanes while the mess was cleared up. Video shot from a helicopter by local network KWTV News 9 showed a large number of boxes and phallic-shaped items (laughs) spread across the highway. In the footage, reporter Jim Gardner, who was on the helicopter, said, This is a semi that overturned and lost its load here. There is a lot of stuff to clean up. <laughs> All uh, the colors of the rainbow. A station anchor asked, Jim, can you tell what he's carrying there? What's all over the road? And <laughs> as the cameraman zooms in for a close-up shot, Gardner replies, we're zooming in, not ready. I can't tell. Maybe you can tell. A clip of the news footage posted on Twitter was widely <laughs> shared. Uh, <laughs> And it was retweeted all over the place. Uh, Speaking to the U.S. Sun, Oklahoma City uh, Police Department confirmed toys had been spilled on the highway by the crash, though that didn't give further details. Uh, Someone on Twitter said, if you're a male in Oklahoma, you may want to take this opportunity and splash on some brute and iron those wranglers and hit the town. Might be a gaggle of lonely women popping up places. Oklahoma City Police Department Highway Patrol have been contacted for comment, but haven't returned any messages. 
Vibrators may be beneficial for a woman's health, according to a study, which posed the question of whether it's time for physicians to start prescribing the devices as treatments. Hmm. There we go. So medical science has come full circle. That's right. <laughs> we'll start treating women for hysteria. I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I don't know how they could be healthy for women. Uh, <laughs> we all know they can't have orgasms. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they're doing there. Anyways, be careful you're out there driving around. Here's what I understand that marital aids are very popular. Sure. But a whole truckload and of nothing but. Well, they're shipping worldwide, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you would think, I mean, okay, say your your local fantasy land, yeah. <laughs> whatever, they're getting sure. in. Yeah. A shipment. Love stuff. Yeah. Did they get like an entire truck? I mean, yeah. I, I would just think like they would get like a box or whatever. Well, you probably get a discount for buying in bulk, <laughs> which is going to up your gross profit margin, right? right? Yeah. So you just buy a bunch, keep them in the back. They're uh, not going to go out of date, right? I would think not. Yeah. Now, that, look, there's exp- there's expiration dates on everything these yeah, days. But, uh, <laughs> so. I would think a 30-year-old dildo works just as good as a brand new one. No, 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 John. That one's expired. You got to get a new <laughs> well, one. It's like, there's probably new features on it. It's like a car, right? Yeah. Like if you drive a 2005 Toyota Avalon. The company wants you to buy another one. Yes. They don't want you to use your 30-year-old no. marital aid. Look, if it's getting a job done, <laughs> I'm just saying don't get into another dildo payment. That's what Dave Ramsey would say. <laughs> That's what Dave Ramsey would say. Right. I was trying to do what Dave would do. <laughs> yeah. Because the old one works. The old one just works fine. just fine. The only reason you're getting a new one is you're concerned what everybody else thinks out of you, about you. <laughs> so keep your old. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. How about this, ladies? You got a husband, you know? Like <laughs> it don't take a whole lot to get us ready to go. Yeah, I'm just saying. A little uh, tap on the shoulder. I, I don't know. I wonder, and I can't get over this. I can't get over the thing that this is like a whole truckload of just that. Do you think this was going from the factory to a warehouse, maybe? Maybe. And then they ship it out in smaller shipments? Well, maybe at the dildo factory, <laughs> they load up dildos, a 40-foot van trailer. Just real quick. Yeah. At the dildo factory, that's a hard job. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Long and hard days down there. <laughs> Oh, I say you get screwed all the time. <laughs> Here's what I think, Tiny, is they load up the 40-foot van trailer with dildos and lube at the dildo factory Yeah, by someone who's forklift certified because they're OSHA compliant. <laughs> that would be me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> they shut the doors on that bad boy, and then he drives a route. And so Tiny's Dildo Emporium <laughs> off of Route 40 <laughs> You get 20 cases, you know, or or 20 boxes or whatever. He unloads those, goes on to the next stop, you know, Fantasyland in Columbus, Mississippi. (laughs) He gives them, you know, 15 and hits Mm -hmm. the next one. Callie's love stuff. And, oh, you guys ordered 50. A lot of horny ladies, single (laughs) milfs in this town. And... And you get all those. And And some of them probably go to Amazon warehouses. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, by the time he's made it to the East Coast or whatever, his his trailer's empty, and he loads up on, like, sexy lingerie and <laughs> works back. his way back yeah, across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, you know, 
back issues of Hustler or something and drops mm-hmm. them off at all these smut shops. And that's how I would think the world works. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Like uh, the fact that there are still. I know we have some truckers that listen to us. If yeah. you have ever. Yeah. Hold a load. <laughs> marital age. If you've ever took a, a, a hundred dildos <laughs> at once, over a hundred <laughs> dildos at once, <laughs> call in and let us know about your experience. John, how would you like to open up a KFC sandwich and find $500 in it? I would love it. I would too. Thank you, Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to a Georgia woman. Okay. A Georgia woman found $543.10. Okay. (laughs) There were some coins there, too. (laughs) Under her KFC sandwich after the restaurant misplaced its daily deposit, I've already said. That's going to be a bit of trouble. Yeah, that also doesn't sound like a huge deposit, either. That's true. Man, they need to to sell some more chicken. Well, here's your, let me me tell you a little bit of inside baseball, Tiny. Mm Mm-hmm. When they sell a thousand dollars worth of chicken, the government may only find out about five hundred forty-three dollars and ten cents of it. Okay, okay. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I say a lot of cash-based restaurants, not that KFC is, will operate in that manner. Just gotcha. so you know, that makes sense. If you go to a restaurant that absolutely refuses credit cards, like we're cash only, that's why they are a hundred percent report to the government that they sell a hundred dollars a day. Yeah. <laughs> After getting lunch at KFC and discovering the cash, Joanne Oliver called the police and returned the money to the restaurant. The city of Jackson Police Department said in a statement, Ms. Oliver had gone to a local restaurant drive through on her lunch break and returned to work to enjoy her lunch. When she opened her lunch and removed her sandwich, she was surprised to find $543.10 in cash under her sandwich. Authorities said their investigation found that the restaurant's daily deposit had accidentally been placed, you know, in her sandwich bag. Not only did Ms. Oliver do the right thing, but she saved the manager's job. Sure. The department said on Facebook, Ms. Oliver, thank you for reminding us that we have amazing citizens in Jackson and it's people like you who make us great. That's right. KFC refunded the value of Oliver's lunch and gave her a free meal. Sure. You had 100%. I would do that 100% of the time. Oliver told the outlet that her family could have used the money since her husband is living with cancer and the family is facing about $2 million in medical bills. Oh, wow. Uh, she told the outlet that she considered keeping some of the money for a second, but ultimately she called the police instead. It's if you don't do the right thing, it's going to come back on you. Oliver said, I mean, it wasn't mine. I didn't need to keep it. I'll get mine in the future. So there you go. Well, good on you, Ms. Oliver, for returning the money yeah. to the Colonel. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm the KFC is in your debt now. <laughs> that manager is for sure. I mean, like, look, I'm a. I'm going to probably need about $543 worth of free chicken around here, you know, (laughs) over the course of the next few months. As long as you're cool with that, I'm cool with that. And we won't even tell the news about this. But yeah, that was a, I just wonder why they're putting their deposit in a to go bag. Yeah, that's odd. I I, I wondered that too. I was wondering if maybe somebody was, maybe somebody was mad. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and swiped it and put it in the bag. Trying to get know. the manager fired or Maybe. something. But why don't you just get a bank bag? 
Like most banks will give you a free bank bag. If not, you can buy them for like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So, what makes a bank bag special? Nothing really, other that's than just, you know that's where the money is. Now you can get them that lock and all that and security. Those mm-hmm. are a little more special. But I mean, just a zipper bank bag. They're durable. I mean, they'll last for forever. Well, I was just thinking, like if and I, I have no idea. I've certainly never made <laughs> deposits for sure. businesses or anything. But maybe people who are like out to, well, yeah, you don't want to get robbed. Maybe yeah. you're thinking, well, I'm just going to put this money in like a KFC, sure, and maybe somebody won't come and try to steal my chicken, right, and find out that it's actually the. Well, deposit. that's probably part of it. And if you're leaving to go to the bank, you don't want to walk out with a bank bag in your hand and have somebody knock you over the head and take it. If you got a chicken bag, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, she just got off her shift, or he just got off the shift. He's going home with his chicken, but you're really going to the bank. Meanwhile, seventeen year old kid just working at the register, sandwich in a he bag. just grabs a bag, puts the food in it, and then. Hands it right out the window. <laughs> Do you know, like, then that manager <laughs> figured it out. He's like, hey, y'all, what happened to the bag I had sitting right here? Everybody's like, I, I don't know, man. We we gave we had a few drive through orders. I don't know. What was what's the big deal? And Dwayne over there is like, I gave it to the customer, <laughs> duh. Right. <laughs> and it's getting backed up. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's wild. Uh, hate it for that, dude. But, but I guess it turned out okay, though. Well, you know yeah. his boss is going to be a little like, uh, hey, I, I need you to be keeping up with my money a little better. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't want you to lose $500. Yeah. Plus, we had to give that lady a free meal. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You think this place is made of money? It's not. <laughs> People tend to think that when they work places. They're like, oh, there's just unlimited money here. and. Yeah, I mean, but that's like, only at Walmart. It's everywhere. <laughs> at Roly Poly, they were like that. Yeah, and I'd be like, I don't go a lot. I haven't cashed a paycheck in like six months. <laughs> no, we can't give this person free food. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need this money, man. You don't understand how bad it is. Um, coming off of talking about being broke, catalytic converters. Everybody's getting them stolen, right? Down here, meth heads. Well, catalytic converters are stolen from several marked San Francisco Police Department vehicles. That is pretty gutsy. Very gutsy. Several marked San Francisco PD vehicles were struck by thieves who stole their catalytic converters, the police department said. According to police on Monday at around 1 p.m., an officer discovered that a marked police truck parked in the area of 16th Street and DeHaro Street was missing its catalytic converter. The officer went and inspected other police vehicles in the area and found that another one, another truck, and two other police vans also had their catalytic converters cut out. The incident was first reported by Mission Local, which said the thefts happened outside the police department's Special Operations Bureau building at 17th and DeHaro, and the building also houses a SWAT team and the bomb squad. There are multiple surveillance cameras positioned on the corner where the thefts occurred, but it's unclear whether those cameras captured video of the crime or the suspects. So far, there have been no arrests in the case. Um Police said there are aftermarket modifications that can be added to vehicles, like cages welded around the catalytic converters, which can harden the targets and deter thefts. Uh, guess I better be making some upgrades. <laughs> I guess so. I tell you what, this is—I mean, that's that's you know, 
It's not a, that's not a good thing to do. No, but it's funny they got punked. I was gonna say that meth head that did legend. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> he is a legend amongst the meth using community. You know, they're like, "Hi, Robert." <laughs> Remember when you got the catalytic converters off from the SWAT team right in front of their building? Yeah, like, yeah, man. That was that was a good few weeks of meth we had. Yeah, and he do. was like, man, "It had been weeks since <laughs> I had a taste, right?" And I couldn't stand it any longer. I've been awake for four days. It's like I would have stole the catalytic converter right off the Queen's car, <laughs> right off the Pope Mobile. <laughs> they would too. They don't care about it. They got our church van, you know. Did they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Huh. Like I think Chuck went to crank it up one time and said, "Like, got a." Drag race. <laughs> That's why we don't keep them at the church anymore. We okay. have them parked in a secret, secure location. Because <laughs> people can just go around there. Yeah. We had a, a a truck get them. Well, we had a few trucks that Spiller have theirs taken. But uh, one of them we had the people on camera, and mm-hmm. it took them under, or I think right at two minutes to do it. Wow. It'd be gone. Yeah, I mean, it didn't take them any time at all. How, How much you, do you get for a catalytic converter? I don't know, but I'm thinking about getting into the business. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I mean, you don't just trade a catalytic converter straight up for drugs, do you? You just go down to the scrapyard and sell it. Okay. Which I think legally scrapyards aren't supposed to buy stuff unless you got a permit or, you know, and all that. I don't know how all that works. But, but somehow they they're do. able yeah. to fence. They hit converters, and so they get them anyway. Did you read about the lady who was working at Mercedes and got arrested for stealing them? No, I didn't. So she was just taking them off the brand line. new in the box, <laughs> putting them in her trunk, and driving over here to Northport and selling them to some like shop that mm-hmm. would then take them and scrap them. And uh, yeah, she got busted and lost her job at Mercedes, which Mercedes is a really good job, I guess. I don't know. They're not union. <laughs> I, from what I, I hear, every, y'all trying to get in out there. Everything I've heard is a really good place to work. Although I've heard that it's not as good now as it used to be. I've heard they I mean, they like you to work down there. Mm-hmm. Like they they want you to work. There's no leeway on. Hey, my grandma died. I need more than three days bereavement or anything. Yeah, it used to be. Uh, and look, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked. I used to have a friend years ago that worked out there. He said, you know, used to be there was like a what. Something like a two, three month training period. Right. You know, where you worked for free. Yeah. And then at the end of if you did everything you're supposed to do, you can get a job down there. Well, supposedly that's done away with now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like you you go to work down there and you're doing your training and then they may they may hire you, they may not. May not. If they don't, you just did a whole lot of work for them for free. For free. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I don't know nothing about it. I don't think they'd hire a man like me anyways. <laughs> uh but I will say this, uh, the Germans don't like it when you get on the wrong side of them. Uh, Nine. That, yes, that lady, <laughs> she better be glad <laughs> we're in the United States. But, yeah, she was just stupid. And people are stealing them all over the place. We had it stole Forest Lake. Their church bus lost theirs. We went to use it for a scout trip. Oh. Yeah, cost like two grand to get it fixed. 
I was like, don't fix it, just straight pipe it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. It don't matter. Like, <laughs> what do we care about the environment? Global warming's already here. I guess you're telling me one church man's going to put us over the edge? Just go yeah. ahead and send that stuff straight on if up. If the oceans rise, that just brings the coast a little closer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> closer to the beach. I don't care about Mobile. <laughs> Stupid Dolphin Island and your sea lab. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our friends, Cajun Curl. I'm talking about Cajun Curl, Bayou Blended Spice. We want to thank them for their support. Uh, Check them out at their website, CajunCurl.com, where you can order the spice right there. Um, It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's the seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on anything will change your life. On their website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice. You can also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available at Bowles Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats, uh, Mark's Martin downtown Northport, and the Piggly Wiggly on Lurling Wallace, and the one on 69 South down in Taylorville. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt. It has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. Oh, also, shout out to Cajun Curl. That Cajun Curl food truck was at County Kai Homecoming. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Oh, uh, yeah, you posted a picture. Posted a picture so everybody knew I had a brush with greatness. <laughs> and then Thomas said, one of his teachers said it was his favorite truck there. Mm-hmm. And Thomas was like, oh, yeah, like uh, they sponsor my dad's podcast. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, how does he get like cases of the spice or whatever? And Thomas yes, was like, but not for you <laughs> so I was like yeah every once in a while they will and uh, but yeah he's got to buy it anyways world it, famous it, oh it, go it ahead it's so awesome that a 16 year old kid's dropping our name that's right to try to get in good with the <laughs> that's teachers that's exactly right <laughs> world famous Cajun Curl Bayou Bunda Spice taste the spice but not the heat check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 that's EOP in the number 10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use a spice, but we don't ask you pay full price. That's right. All right, John, what do you say we go to the fa- uh, the fans? I guess <laughs> yeah. sometimes they're the fans. Yeah. Some, I hope. <laughs> Our fans sometimes use the phone. Sure. And let's uh, let's go to the phones. <laughs> Our one, Our first and only message comes from the lovely Miss Jacqueline. Hey, John and Tiny, it's Jacqueline. Just a couple of notes on the last show. First of all, it's okay if you guys take some time off. God, dude, you already give, you give and give and give. You can take some time for yourselves. No one's going to be mad at you. Sean, you had mentioned that you didn't know what the currency of Canada is. As a Canadian sister, you should know. Calling it the loon would be like calling the American currency the buck, essentially. So... I would love it if American currency was referred to as bucks. We still call like, them we, bucks. We call them bucks, yeah. but I mean, if that was like the official the name. The official yeah, name. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, let's find out what, the, what they are. It is a Canadian dollar. We do have a dollar. It's not the same as an American dollar, unfortunately. Did, does that mean they copied us? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, they don't call us. Well, maybe they call our dollars American dollars. Yeah. But if you're in Canada, are they still called Canadian dollars? Or yeah. Do they just say dollar too? Or like, you're like, hey, can I borrow 20 Canadian dollars? Or do they say, can I borrow 20 Canadian loons? Like we would say, <laughs> hey, man, can I borrow 20 bucks? Yeah. You know, I got to get some gas tank money. I need some more cheese. Yeah, right. I need meth. <laughs> just give me 20 bucks. Come off come off of that cheddar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, ours is right now about 77 cents for the American dollar. So... As with most things, America is bigger than us when it comes to dollars. Uh, the Queen has died, and ordinarily I wouldn't care at all, because I care not about the monarchy, but this uh, Saturday, sorry, this Monday, September 19th, is a holiday, so I get the day off to attend the Queen's funeral virtually or whatever, so I don't care. Uh, it's great, the Queen died and I get a holiday. Hooray! Uh, we're asking what pine nuts were for. Uh, they're used for pesto. Pine nuts are used to make pesto. And it's del- they're delicious. And finally, uh, again, referring to the Queen's death, uh, people here were wondering what was going to happen to the Queen's Corgi, her dog. Uh, and of course, they went to Prince Andrew. And why did they go to Prince Andrew? Because he's really good at grooming. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for now. I'll talk to you later. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs> that's a good oh, one. Oh man, that's, that's some fire there. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a that is a one spicy email. I like it. <laughs> uh, we also got a text message said, uh, "Where where's the worst place to play hide and seek?" Mm, I don't know. In a hospital in the ICU. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Shout out to Pat. And that'll do it for voicemails, but we also have some questions. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. We like to ask John questions on this show. If you would like to ask John some questions, you can head on over to our Discord server, link in the show notes, and go to the Ask John Questions About Stuff subchannel. Our first question comes from Gander. I wonder if I wonder if uh, wonder if this is the spouse of Goose. I don't know. It's like Gander's a new name. <laughs> yeah. Is this somebody who's joined? Hudson said he's going to join the Discord. Oh, really? No, I don't know if he will. I told her to make fun of his shirt <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, our first question comes from Gander. Why do dogs sleep so much? My dog has at least to sleep eighteen hours a day. It's ridiculous. How much does uh? Does Jay Barker sleep? Jay sleeps a good bit. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just always imagine they're tired because they're little legs, you know, <laughs> trying to walk around. Yeah. They're taking like quadruple the steps we are. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. That's what I always figured. Our next question comes from Nicole. Does Libby being a teenager now make you think differently about all the times as a grown dude that you have Lusted after a teenager. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> some, some strong whoa, accusations whoa, there. <laughs> whoa. I know a lot of times when a high school girl dates an older guy, the thought is she's old enough to know what she's doing. But do you think that that is true? No, I don't think that's true. I think high school girls that date an older guy that like has a Camaro with the T-tops out and all that, they don't know what they're doing. They're right. stupid. That's why they're dating this dude, right? <laughs> they just think he's cool. Yeah. I want to 
go back. I don't lust over teenage girls. I mean, 19-year-olds, maybe. <laughs> that's, that's very presumptuous on Nicole's part. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, guys are creepy. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found out women are creepy, too. All y'all teachers out there, right? <laughs> yes. So everybody's creepy. So you do have to be on guard for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that Libby is, well, she's 12. She's not a teenager yet, but she's pretty much a teenager. Yeah, I mean, we have to have discussions on, hey, this is appropriate to wear. I mean, like I know to you there's nothing wrong with this, but you got to understand that dudes are creepy. Are creepy, (laughs) yeah. And that's unfair to her. She should be able to wear the clothes she wants to wear, but we don't live in a world where that, can't exist, so you have to prepare your kids for that type right. of world. But yeah, I don't lust after teenage girls. <laughs> I just want to say that again. And just so everybody knows, I've always been way into MILFs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I like older ladies. I like GILFs. <laughs> Our next question comes from the driver. Did your company do any special for your drivers on National Driver Appreciation Week? Uh, I didn't know it was National Driver Appreciation Week. I didn't know there was any such thing. Right. And we only have one real, like, 18-wheeler driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and nothing special was done for him. No, other than we paid for him to get his CDL. Right. I feel like that's pretty good trade-off right there. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. This next question is for me. Our next Ooh. question comes from Cash Money Oddity Millionaire Tiny. What's your game plan if the union goes on a long-term strike? Oh, okay. Uh, I feel like that's a, a problem that I'll tackle when I get there. Yeah. I assume I would just go try to find something else. Let's speak for Tiny when I or say. Or maybe cross the picket line. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just speak for Tiny when I say oh, our Earth Oddity OnlyFans is going <laughs> to, he's going to be strike proof. Okay. Because we're going to be making so much money off of that. Yeah. I'm gonna sell furniture. <laughs> yeah, come on down. We could. You'd be great at it. John, he's like, he has me in his office. He's like forcing me to re- repeat after me. I hate the union. Yeah, right. The union cost me denounce, my job. You have to denounce the union before we hire you. <laughs> <laughs> Swear fealty to us. Yeah, I uh, man, I knew a guy who he was he worked he was salary down at the plant, which he come down from like another plant that had closed down earlier, but. He said that when he made the switch and he went salary, they sure enough did. They oh, like yeah. asked him all these questions about unions and what he thought about you and why he was a member of the union. Huh. And hmm. I guess he told him kind of what I told you. This is what you do. This is what you do, man. <laughs> this is what you do. <laughs> this is how it works. So he went salary, but he was still working on the plant floor? No, no, no. Okay. No. All he right. was he was uh he got into management. I don't know what his job was, but he oversaw like special projects okay. and stuff. Yeah. All right. He's he's a cool guy. Our next question comes from Gander again. When is it okay to start listening to Christmas music? Oh, I say after Thanksgiving. I think that's Fair acceptable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Black Friday and Ford. Yeah, yeah that sounds about like a good that's yeah. to me when you shift to the Christmas season and it's mm-hmm. right after Thanksgiving. Some people shift into it like in September. Those people are weird. Yeah. Yeah. Black like, Friday. Yeah. I think Black Friday is a good mm-hmm. acceptable date. Yeah. Also, can I say can we get some new Christmas music? Think I mean, so? maybe I'm asking a lot. Yeah. But it seems like uh every I mean 
Tara loves Christmas music, but sure. it's the same songs over and over right. and over and over and over again. And I think that's why Christmas music gets so much hate. It's because yeah, we're still it listening to It's the Holiday Season <laughs> and Whoop-Dee-Doo. Recorded back at like right at post-World War II. But some of those songs are good. Uh, what was the last big Christmas song? Is it Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You? <laughs> was that the last big one? Yeah. I, like, I think it's hard to break <laughs> in with a new Christmas song. I remember a Christmas version of Boogie Woogie Choo Choo Train. Okay. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. What is your favorite Christmas song? You know, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas songs. Okay. But if I was going to say my favorite one, it would probably be... Uh, I'm going to go with a hymn. Okay. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, what is it? Come Now, Emmanuel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, come, oh, come, oh, Amen. come, Emmanuel. Yes, that one. That's, that's probably my favorite. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, a come, good one. Oh, come, Emmanuel. Yeah, that's it. right. That's my favorite Christmas song. Huh. Okay. Mine's Ron Ron Rudolph by Chuck Berry. I love it. It's a good one. My favorite Christmas album is Chet Atkins Christmas. Mm -hmm. Great album. Everybody should have that in their, you know, playlist if you like good Christmas music. Indeed. Okay. I heard about this on Stuff You Should Know. You ever listen to Stuff You Should Know? I've listened to it a couple times with okay. Shane Spiller, who forced me to listen to it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I don't want to know stuff. I heard on their podcast, I don't know if you, there's one Christmas song, it's the most wonderful time of year. There's a lyric yeah. in that song that says, There'll be st scary ghost stories. Oh, yeah. And tales of the glories. I've always thought when I was a kid, I'm like, who is telling ghost stories at Christmas? Right. But apparently, for a long, long time, for decades, that was a huge Christmas thing to do. It's to tell ghost stories. It's to tell ghost stories. And then it wasn't until, like, I guess, maybe, I don't know, the 60s and 70s when that start, people quit doing that. Huh. So. Well, it makes sense. You know, what is uh, a Christmas story? What is it? Where uh, Cratchit and all that, he's visited. He's visited by three ghosts. Yeah, right. That's right. Yep. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just fell out of that tradition. <laughs> well. I don't know. You know what? Baptist probably had something to do with that. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was our people, John. Sure. We right. got on this whole. We ended it. Ghost we stories is it. evil. We're going to cancel it. That's right. Yeah, so it's a devil. war on Christmas. You're telling ghost stories, just a war on Christmas. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> telling ghost stories, you're giving out red Starbucks cups. <laughs> This will not stand. Did we win the war on Christmas? Because I didn't hear about the war on Christmas last year. I think we did. All right. Yeah. And we came out and said we did it. <laughs> but know? we just beat them back for a little while. Like We won a battle, a major battle. <laughs> yeah. I think they're all shifting to Halloween. You know, how, I believe Halloween it has not overtaken Christmas, but it is the huge. holiday where it's the second most spent holiday. Right. I mean, you don't. I mean, people don't put up yard decorations for Thanksgiving. No, or at least not like they do for Halloween. Anyway, no, they don't. I, the Halloween people are weird to me. <laughs> you know, I don't get them. I don't understand them. And maybe that's the Southern Baptist in me. Uh -huh. I just don't get what's so appealing about Halloween. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, "Ooh, it's spooky season." That makes me want to punch myself in the face when I hear somebody <laughs> say that. I'm like, "You're an adult, okay." <laughs> You're an adult. You yeah. can watch horror movies year round if you, you want to. 
It but, doesn't have to be October. But they're best in October. Are they? They are to me. I don't know. When it's just slightly, it's just chilly. It's not like unbearably, uncomfortably cold. That would be scarier than me if it was like brutally cold. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a ba- for me. It's kind of a balance between yeah. you're a little cold, but you're not so cold that you're not happy. I don't know. Libby and her little friend that spent the night watched scary movies last night. Who would they watch? Squealing all night long. They watched The Conjuring. Oh, that's a good one. I've never watched it. They were like, "Do you want to watch it?" I was like, "No." And they were like, "Why?" I was like, "I, was, I don't want to be scary." I was like, "I don't want to be scared. If I want to watch movies, I want to laugh. I yeah. enjoy laughing more than I enjoy being scared. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would pick to be scared." And maybe that's why I have a problem with Halloween stuff. I just don't get it. It doesn't yeah. resonate with me. Some people probably love getting scared as much as I love laughing at Dumb and Dumber, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to each his own. And that'll do it for questions. Okay. So that was our last one. Uh, one thing we'd have to do. Oh, hold on. Oh. Now that we're on this topic, because I had something I was going to tell you okay. about Fall Fellowship. Or fall Fellowship. Fall that's festival. an OA thing. Fall Festival. This idea came to me this morning. Okay. What we need to do with a fall festival is do it like a scary fall festival. <laughs> yeah. Like come and see the Spanish Inquisition room. And <laughs> oh, out here they're burning witches, you know. <laughs> all the scary stuff the church has done. And it's all for real. It's all this is all you really done. It's the scariest haunted house ever. Here's us in the crusades, you know, murdering people. There's like an exorcism room. Sure. Yeah. Casting demons out Casting of people. Casting demons out of people. I think it would go over pretty good. <laughs> well, I don't know if it would go over really good, but I tell you what it would get is press. Sure. (laughs) Yes, the the scariest Halloween imaginable. Like it's like a judgment house on steroids, (laughs) but a historical, you know. Yeah. I think our uh, I think our youth minister is in charge of Fall Festival this year. Yeah, I so, think we're gonna have some discussions about. We'll see. If we'll see even, how that goes. And we're gonna have some discussion about if we're even going to pursue a Fall Festival mm-hmm. because we put on the Fall Festival, which is good. The community comes and all that. And none of them ever come back on Sunday to come to church. <laughs> right. So we're just doing all this time and effort, and we're. All we're doing is giving away candy to the church. Are mm-hmm. we really reaching people for Christ with it? You know, so we may have a discussion about that. I don't know. Well, this year we can uh, just trick or treat and yeah. pell meet, and then you can come down to my patio. Hopefully, right. it'll be finished by then, and we can have a campfire we'll have and a tell ghost bonfire. stories. <laughs> That'll be our own about fall witches festival. getting burned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We need to thank our patrons. We thank you all so much for supporting the show and for supporting what we do. We would like to mention by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. Those people are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Chris Payne, Derek Reeves, Mr. Hank Hernandez, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Mr. Josh Dodd, Mr. Shane White, Ms. Sharon Craig, The Driver, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Tyler Bond, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. AKA Mick Will. Mick Will. Thank you all so much for donating to the show. It just it, it warms the cockles of my heart every time I read off that list. If you would like to... It be- warms my cockles, too. <laughs> if you would like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earthoddity. We have several tiers, but the $5 tier gets you the extended show. That's like a whole nother podcast that we do after this podcast. 
and it only cost you five dollars. Right. And speaking of extensions, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about a uh, a retirement home that hired some strippers. Okay. Yeah. We are also going to discuss. We're going to teach everyone how to cheat in chess. Okay. So I need to know that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you got anything else? No, that's uh that's about it. All right. Well, you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us. No matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're on them all. If you would like to write into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. You can check out our show art. That is underscore earthoddity on Instagram. We have a Discord server, link in the show notes, and we have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? That is 662-493-2059. 662-493-2059. We hope everyone has an excellent week and a very spooky season. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. I love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. Welcome, patrons, one and all, big and small, to this talk. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm looking at my notes to see if I had anything I wanted to talk about.